Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG. Welcome to House of Champions, YouTube friends, drop in your comments and questions in the chat and make sure you hammer that like and subscribe buttons as we get stuck into the Champions League round of 16 ties for this Tuesday in the House of Champions. Today we got Michael LaHood and we got a very happy Nigel Real Coker. Where's Albert? Albert, get in the comments, Albert. <laughs> Nigel's looking for you. A double day. A double day. Yesterday, oh, Albert was definitely getting after our Nigel Rio Coker, as was myself, and of course Michael Hood just a little yeah, bit for his criticism of this Liverpool side. But Nigel Rio Coker, I come to you first because Liverpool got spanked today by five goals to two. It was a terrific start. Darwin <laughs> Nunes opened the score and then four minutes into the game, ten minutes later, Mo Salah made it two 0 before the game completely flipped. Fourteen minutes into the game. It flipped Michael LaHood. But Nigel, I start with you because you're no, no, right. Don't start with me. Don't start with me. <laughs> Many were Let's wrong. Start with Michael. Ian, you were saying. Michael, Michael go saying. First. Let me listen. Let's go, Michael. Uh, let's just try to dissect this game in some way we possibly can here. Um, yeah. This was an incredible performance. It was a great atmosphere. It was a terrific European tie. Um, Liverpool got off to a very good start, but Real Madrid. Winning in the end very comfortably. Uh, we did. We it was going to be one of those Anfield nights, but that's taking on a new meaning this season, given the Jekyll and Hyde performances of Liverpool Football Club. When it was two nil and they had chance after chance, Madrid couldn't get out of first gear. I think Blanchelotti for recognizing where the bleeding was. David Alaba was not fit to play this game. He just, it was a mismatch. And that's credit to what Liverpool were doing on that far right side with Mohamed Salah and Trent Alexander-Arnold overloading with overlaps. Jordan Henderson was coming over there. The goals originated on that side. Brilliant service from Salah to Nunez, who looked like the Nunez that they paid the big money for. Hell of a finish from him. And then the second goal coming, just blunder from Courtois. But Allison, he said, anything you can do, I can do better. Just nightmare, <laughs> nightmare, nightmare of a moment. Yes, the Vinicius Jr. goal, hell of an individual performance from him. Golf clap for him for that because I thought he was the man of the match on the night. Tour Liverpool, Liverpool. 
But the timing of Allison's blunder, I think that's when the game just sailed by Liverpool. And then obviously the Militao goal, when that went in, you could see the shock factor go into Liverpool and their team thinking, here we go again, much like we've seen throughout this season. Do I join in now? Or would you like oh, when you're ready, Nigel, feel free to jump in. <laughs> okay, no, well, what I'm going to say is everything we discussed yesterday happened in this game. Anfield was an electric atmosphere. Liverpool started off greatly. But my big point, what I said, the difference when I see in these two teams is Real Madrid have more match winners. Watching that game, I think it, that, that game alone was worthy of a UEFA Cup final. That was worthy of a Champions League final. It really was a great game, in my opinion, of football. Real Madrid, with the quality world-class players that they have, looked ordinary at times. And that's what Real Madrid have always been. They've always done that. But when it comes to the big moments, the big occasion, when you need superstars to shine, Real Madrid do it because it's expectation. Camavinga, who you guys made fun of, was for me the man of the match in this game. He bossed it in midfield. For his age, he bossed it in midfield, Camavinga. He was sensational today. Who made if fun you of look him? Sorry, he Nigel. does. Pardon? Who made fun of him? Who made fun of him? <laughs> you and Michael did. Let me do it. Let me, let me keep going. Let me keep going. Made fun of Camavinga? You didn't give Camavinga his respect of how good he is because obviously we concentrate so much on uh, uh, Chuamini and Kroos not, be, Kroos not being available, right? <clears throat> Modric for me is sensational. He is what you call a footballer. The footballing brain and quality and brilliance of that man at his age still is just unbelievable. For any young people listening or young football fans, just watch how Luka Modric plays that game. That is what you call a footballer. But again, when you look at that game, it just goes to show how much world-class players Real Madrid have other than other teams. Vinicius Jr., for me, I think it's the time now where we can really say he's world-class. He has become Mr. Real Madrid. He has taken that mantelpiece, he's carrying that club, and he is ready to take everything that comes with it. And when we discussed the game the other day, Ian, we had some keyboard warriors who were coming at me saying, oh, you hate <laughs> yes, Liverpool, they were. you never say... Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they were, were. right? Yeah, and yeah. for me, I'm like, what's the benefit of me saying Liverpool are going to lose? It doesn't benefit my life in any way. I'm just calling what I see. I call football how I see it. I'm a neutral. I hmm. said this game will boil down to Real Madrid having more match winners and more quality than Liverpool. That goal that they scored in the second half from the free kick for me just shows the level of understanding and chemistry that Real Madrid have because of the players that have had together for such a long time. And that Liverpool were just outclassed. There's nothing more to it. Liverpool were outclassed. Vinicius Jr. showed why he is world-class and the superstar that he is with his performance. And all the other players played their part. I thought it was a great game. And um, it's going to be an absolute uphill mountain for Liverpool to go to the Bernabeu and try and turn that around. Well, Nigel, um, we do have some supporters in the comment section for you. Oscar, let's bring you up here, Oscar. My man, Nigel, is a time traveler. Somos Cheers, los tres de Europa. <laughs> Lovely to hear that from Oscar. Diane jumping in and saying Modric was energetic for the full 90 minutes right there. Man of the match absolutely goes to Modric, she says. You could mm. see that result coming from a mile away, says Liam, which I didn't mm. necessarily agree with. However, Nigel did absolutely see it coming a mile <laughs> away. And then we see that Champions League ball is absolutely fire. We agree with you. Um, listen, at the end of the day, it was absolutely phenomenal. 
this game. It didn't disappoint. Mm. A couple of statistics that came out of this game. Darwin Nunes' goal after three minutes and 10 seconds was Liverpool's quickest ever Champions League goal scored at Anfield. Mohamed Salah now provided more Champions League assists for Liverpool than any other player in the club's history. Uh, Mohamed Salah got on the score sheet 14 minutes into the game. Mo Salah is now the outright top goal scorer for Liverpool in European competition in its entire history. And the other statistic about Mohamed Salah is a pretty emphatic one, if I can find it somewhere here. Uh, you got it, it there, the following floor. the goal against Real Madrid. Here it is. He has now tied Didier Drogba as the highest scoring African in the history of the UEFA Champions League with 44 goals scored. Really incredible statistics coming out of this game. Um, but realistically, Mike, let's get into it about the goalkeeping errors here. Uncharacteristic uh. from Thibaut Courtois. Also comical when you see it in slow motion. I mean, realistically, it was just unbelievable. Most dreadful start. And the commentator in the match actually said, Said this in the second period. He said it's almost as if Real Madrid don't care how many goals they go down by, <laughs> and it plays into their favor, which is to Nigel's point, absolutely spot on. They don't care who they're playing against, they don't care what the scoreline is. The cream of the crop will always rise to the very top. And today, obviously, you saw Vinny Jr. putting out an outstanding performance today. And of course, Benzema back in the score in action. These were his first goals of this Champions League campaign. Oh, look at, we'll start with Karim Benzema. I didn't even realize he was on the pitch until he got his, got his. That tells you how good this Madrid side played on the night, how good Vinicius Jr. was, how good the midfield grew into the game. Because in the first 30 minutes, didn't even know any Madrid players were on Don Trois. When Courtois got the ball, it seemed like he took his eye off of it or didn't even realize that he was in a Champions League game. Credit to Liverpool, how they were playing up until that point. They were pressing Real Madrid. It looked more like the heavy metal Liverpool sides that we've seen in the past couple of years under Jurgen Klopp. The energy of the fans and the stadium were behind them. But as soon as Allison made that blunder, and really as soon as Vinicius Jr. got that goal, Madrid woke up. The goal came really out of nothing. And tone of what I saw for the rest of the match that Madrid took full advantage of. When you have a player like Kareem Benzema, who is not your typical center forward, he likes to drift out wide. He likes to drop in in those half spaces underneath the back line. There was no help on Fabinho. Jordan Henderson was looking out wide to double down on Trent Alexander-Arnold because he needed to because of the threat of Vinicius Jr. And that left Fabinho on an island and outnumbered in midfield. And Madrid took full advantage, crowding out the space and getting right to goal. And that's his first-class stuff, executing in UEFA Champions League. It doesn't matter how you start matches in the Champions League. It is how you put together a full Madrid. They did the business today. Nigel, real quickly on the defense of Liverpool today, they've conceded five goals at Anfield uh, for the first time in a European game. Um, but, but realistically, we've been talking about Liverpool being inconsistent for a while now. How how does Jurgen Klopp fix this? I mean, real, he, he's looking on the sidelines. You look at your bench. He brings on a couple of players that obviously are getting older in age and not necessarily the players that you would expect to come on and have an impact in games. Um, but maybe that's what is needed from Liverpool right now, that they rely on the experience rather than chopping and changing with the new players who have come in and it's not really working for them. But the defence is my main concern right here. The defence isn't good enough. We know what Trent brings. I'm, I'm a big fan of Trent Alexander-Arnold. I don't care what anyone says because I know what he brings. And what people don't realise is Trent was actually a centre midfielder first before he was converted to go into this right-back role. So I know what he brings. You have to kind of find a way to balance it out to protect Trent. So you need an energetic midfielder who can fill in the gaps because what he brings attacking-wise, you're gonna be. it's going to be very hard to find that in world football, what he can bring. 
So what you need to do is counterbalance that by getting a specific defensive midfielder who will cover for Trent and having defenders who will be good enough to cover and read danger earlier. The recruitment has been okay by Liverpool. It hasn't been sensational. That's the problem. And I think for me, um, when you look at what's going on at Liverpool, it's it's a massive task. It's a massive rebuild. You, I played football, so did you, Ian, to be the best. You compare yourself to the best. I love how Michael tried to be super tactical with Real Madrid when that was not the case. Real Madrid <laughs> were not super the tactical. They were very well organised. Their players have played with each other for a long time. And what Real Madrid have, Michael, is tremendous football intelligence. One of the greats has said it, the great Zinedine Zidane himself. Football, 90% you play with your head. That is what Real Madrid do. They look at the players, they analyse, and you talk about Benzema's unorthodox style of play. No, it's intelligent football players. He's pulling in these areas for a reason and a purpose. That's all Real Madrid do. They don't make it complicated. And at times we said it, they looked very ordinary. But for me, Liverpool really need to sort out that centre-back position. They need to get solid along the back again. We all know on this pod, you will not win any titles, any trophies without starting from a solid defensive foundation. That mm -hmm. is what is massively missing. If I was Liverpool, I would try and be cheeky and go for Kim at Napoli, that centre-back, because he is one of the best centre-backs in world football, I would Quality. say, right now. It's going to be tough to get him, but he is phenomenal centre-back, who is competitive, can win the ball. Him and Van Dijk will be a formidable centre-back pairing. But again, it, it's just if, buts and maybes. But the quality of Real Madrid came to the top. And you look at their recruiting. You know, again, we really didn't give Camavinga the love he deserves and he was sensational. They've still got Chouamini. They bought the next Brazilian sensational in Endrick. All Real Madrid really need to add, I would say, is a clinical striker again. Because Benzema is getting old. You know, that the midfield is already kind of been slowly replaced. You get another Benzema or a new honk, hot young talent that could be the next Benzema. Real Madrid are going to be very well old for some years and years to come. And it goes with recruiting. Yeah, I, I don't agree with you about Liverpool's need at the centre-back position, Nigel, because they have Kanate. And injuries have been the undoing of that back line this season. And also, Kanate, you get Virgil van Dijk. Remember, Kanate played in the World Cup final. So you can't discount his quality one fit. He is a, he, he was one of the players who stepped in last season to help get them to a Champions League final. So I'm saying no to a new addition in the back line. Kim, he would make any team better. He's playing sensational with Napoli, but I don't think that's the focal point for Liverpool. It is in midfield, defensive midfield. Fabinho is not up to snuff. He looked like the Fabinho of old, maybe a year ago, in the first 25 minutes. And when he was when he was putting out passes, winning tackles, dictating a bit of the flow of the Liverpool looked back to being the Liverpool of old. As soon as soon from him, they, they were chasing Sados. So number one position I address. The front three, they, when they're clicking, you saw glimpses of what could be moving forward. Between his movement, the interchange between he and Cody Gakpo, there is life there. There is potential for Liverpool. But I think the mid thing fitted out with new signings in the summer. Uh, Mike, your internet, I tell you what, man, your audio and your internet makes you repeat it. You sound like, uh, I don't know if you've ever watched the Goodfellas movie before, but you know when he says Jimmy two times, two times, Jimmy two times, two times. It's absolutely fantastic, mate, when you repeat yourself. Anyway, we apologize for the, the technical difficulties right there. Mike will um, obviously continue on with the show as we plan to plow through this. Um, but yeah, great points made as well. I mean, listen, Nigel, at the end of the day, um, it's a great point. It's an interesting point. What about Jude Bellingham? Obviously, in midfield, you need to want to, to bring some energy 
touches, some pace, you want to bring some quality. Um, I, I can't exactly say that the problem necessarily is just that defence. We've obviously no. witnessed a lot of mistakes today. But in midfield in particular, it seems like Liverpool do need to have that extra bit of quality, that extra bit of class. Jude would take a lot of money to get him to go there. It would be, in my opinion, over 100 for sure. Ian, this is the point, and this is let's look at this from the bigger perspective. And this is the point I made. And again, um, the keyboard warrior Albert, who's not in the chat at the moment, I'm keeping an eye for him. I got smoke for him. <laughs> he made fun of me saying that I said that Jude Bellingham should go to Real Madrid, and I'm a Liverpool hater. Why am I a British guy not wanting him to go there? No, it's not about that. It's the bigger picture. You look at Real Madrid. You look at the makeup of that Real Madrid side, where all these players come from. That is why other nations like the Spanish, the French, the Portuguese, are very successful internationally. We have the first bunch of real talented young English or British players. They need to take that leap of faith to go abroad, to learn a new culture, a new style of play, and understand football from a different perspective. Because it's only going to be them reaping the rewards when it comes to international tournaments. We have the least amount of players playing in foreign leagues. You're telling me that Jude Bellingham could not be in that Real Madrid side and be playing and be part of that future generation and winning things. That's what's needed. It's not about, oh, because I'm British, oh, we need to go back to England and play. No, he's not going to gain anything. Jude Bellingham is talented. He still can't help that Liverpool side alone. There's still too many pieces meeting. That's too much responsibility for him. And you know how Jurgen Klopp likes to play. He likes to play with a structured system, too defensive. Jude Bellingham needs to be let free to be the best he can be. And I can see him being let free to be the best he can be in a Real Madrid more so than I can see him doing that for Liverpool because they're going to Mm -hmm. want him to have a lot more defensive responsibilities, which would take away from so much from his game. And that's Mm -hmm. why I I think that there is a big rebuild. And I'm a big Klopp fan. I like Jurgen Klopp a lot. I really do. But it's just such a big rebuilding process right now at Liverpool. And anyone who watched that game with any real understanding, you can see the golf indifference in quality of players that Liverpool and Real Madrid have. Listen, the midfield area in uh, Real Madrid, as you touched upon just a moment there, and, and the Camavinga's performance today was f- fantastic. I mean, he, he is obviously one of the players who wants the ball a lot, and he's a very simple passer of the ball. He's very quick turn of pace. He's got a great vision. He's got one of these football IQs that he knows what's around him at all times. When he picks up possession of the ball, he knows where it's going before it even gets there. And it reminds me very much of the way Tony Crows actually plays the game. And at some point, you're going to have to consider the fact we don't know what's happening with Modric and his contract. But Modric and Crows are not going to be there for the long term. So Real Madrid investing heavily in Chilmeni and obviously bringing Camavinga into that midfield. They've already done that investment for that midfield for the future. But I, I don't think that we could discount the fact that it would be great for English football. It would be great for Jude Bellingham. It would be great, in my opinion, for Real Madrid if they could ever try to convince him. But it's going to take a pretty penny to be able to get him there. And after this type of performance today, Real Madrid, uh, what did we really learn from them, Mike? Obviously, yesterday, outstanding performance <laughs> again. Kind of shut us up just a little bit. I'm, I was not as convinced as I am today. But when you put that type of performance out today, defensively, they're still massively suspect. But offensively, you can rely on the talent to win your game. I know he's cheesing from cheek to cheek. And yeah, because I don't you probably didn't often. learn nothing. I don't Go say on. this often. And don't make me regret my compliment I'm about to pay you, Nigel, or else I'll take it off the House of Champions table. But congratulations to you. Very rarely do you get them right. But today, you got them right. You proved us wrong that there's more to this Madrid team than we were willing to give them credit for. And hey, they've pretty much won the tie. I don't see Liverpool as you said. What I like about this Madrid team, what I like about Carlo Ancelotti and what he's done is the balance 
that he's gotten from old and young. There's experience and there's athleticism, there's ingenuity, there's creativity. And, and this work was done years before. The, the willingness to bring in a player like Kamavinga when you've just, or Kamavinga and Chiumeni, when you've just won the Champions League, and I think Chiumeni came in. And- Mike, let me just cut in quickly, sorry, before you say that. That's not Carlo Ancelotti. That's the structure of Real Madrid, and that's what makes them that because they recruit players. They don't ask managers' opinions. But your but job I, I, is to become a manager. I want to. I want to chime in with that with Keller Ancelotti. Madrid. You said yesterday. Madrid are used to bringing in the finished article, right? That's a Galactico way. Used to. It's down to the manager to change that, and I think that's a Carlo Ancelotti influence to go a different direction to not say, "Hey, we're going to go after these finished articles." Article players they're bringing in. Were they finished articles when they came in? No, but yeah, under this manager, I think it's down to him. I don't know if it's necessarily just him. I think you have to consider the fact that behind the scenes, what Real Madrid are doing is their scouting system is sensational and they're picking yeah. players from, I mean, we're already seeing it, what's happening with this young Brazilian that's coming into it. I mean, these these are deals that are, are put in place for the future for Real Madrid and we have no idea what Carol Ancelotti is going to be doing in two and three and four years' time. If he wants well, we to be do. there, I'm sure he will be. We, but We do, Ian, we do. come on. We do. He's been linked to the Brazilian <laughs> national team. He's bouncing. And Brazilians <laughs> love Carlo. He's bouncing. <laughs> But that tells you, though, right? It tells you that it's not Carlo mm. Ancelotti that's pulling the strings with Real Madrid. No, it tells 100%. you that there's mm. there's people behind the scenes making sure that Real Madrid will be good for many, many years to come. Um, real quickly, uh, producer Des just touched on a great fact right there. Benzema has now scored in 18 straight seasons in the Champions League. Um, Karim Benzema, I have a little stat here for you already. 17 goals already this oh, campaign. He made it 18 already with that goal in 67 minutes. It's 88 goals in the Champions League from 147 games. I mean, that is an outstanding statistic. But I just want to throw at you a little stat here from Vinny Jr. and just make a little bit of a comparison about who is actually um, leading the way for Real Madrid. Because there's no doubt that Benzema's goals is sensational. What he's done in the past in Champions mm. League, especially since Cristiano Ronaldo has departed, he's taken the throne. Vinny Jr., 2018-19, four games, zero goals. 19-20, five games, one goal. 2021, 12 games, three goals. 21-22, 13 games, four goals. And already this campaign, it is seven games already. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, it is six goals now he has to his name Mm. in this campaign. So Vinny Jr. has shown us that he can be the one here, Nigel, that can lead this team going forward, whether Kareem the Dream is there or not. He's still a massive, massive focal point of this team. 100%. 100%. And all I'm going to add to that, Ian, is from a tactical point of view, when you watch him, Vinicius Jr. is a player who can make a goal happen for himself. He doesn't rely on anyone else, but also can be such a threat who can create yeah. goals for other players. So that's a difference when you've got that kind of player where they don't always have to be reliant on someone else, where he can do it himself, something magical, or he can create. So that takes him a different level. Benzema genuinely is a finisher. We're not going to say Benzema is mostly a provider. He's a finisher, but Vinny has that next level where that's what he can do. Yeah, I think he's a player who's simplified his game. A year ago or a couple of years ago, we saw him trying to juke players inside and out. The finished product wasn't there, and that's a lot of it down to the youth. But but finished players being around winners, winners on you, and that's down to the manager and the locker room. I can give Ancelotti a shout this time. He is the player whisperer. We've seen him get a hold of young talent and make them them. But who do I know? Mike, we need the we need the internet whisperer for you right about now. We need Mike, Nigel's not laughing at your comment. He's laughing at the way you sound, by the way. Uh listen, we're gonna take a quick break. That wraps up Liverpool against Ian, Real Madrid. Wait, quick, before you go break, go Ian, 
Mm-hmm. Did anyone see Eden Hazard sitting on the bench? <laughs> go, go ahead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to go to break there. That, that wraps up the first leg for us at Anfield. Liverpool going down by five goals to do what an emphatic performance by Real Madrid. Uh, Kareem Benzema grabbing a couple. Vinicius Jr. grabbing a couple. As did Eder Militao, by the way. We never got to touch upon that goal that he scored. How miserable the marking was from Liverpool's defence. Uh, real quickly, let's take a, a quick break. When we do return, House of Champions will be right back. We will also get stuck into the other game that took place today. It was Eintracht Frankfurt against Napoli. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, don't miss a second of the action from the greatest club competition on earth, the Champions League. Follow the biggest stars from the world of soccer like Lionel Messi, Karim Benzema, Victor Osman, and Erling Haaland as they try to clinch the most prestigious prize in the game. Stream every single match from the Champions League and Europa League live only on Paramount+. Plus. And if you're looking for one month free, try the promo code advance let's turn our attention nigel to the game that took place in germany it was eintracht frankfurt against your favorites uh, napoli and napoli in my opinion in this game i watched this game thoroughly they were sensational once again pretty much dominated the game possession of the ball shots mm. shots on target all across the board just outstanding performance from napoli the way they closed down the way they won possession it was no match for eintracht frankfurt the opening goal came 40 minutes into this game after kvarishkelia missed a penalty kick on 35 minutes 40 minutes into the game oshimen scored his goal assisted by kvara and then there was a red card in the second half before god lorenzo scored the second goal also assisted by kvarishkelia um, excellent performance from Napoli. Outstanding game. Uh, once to just point out that Victor Osimhen has now scored in his last six games, his best streak since he signed for Napoli. It was a hefty, P- hefty fee they paid for him. But my, oh my, Nigel, this is a Napoli side that everyone should be worried about right now. I just got to ask you this, Ian. Would you say that Osimhen is probably next to Rashford right now and maybe Mbappe, probably one of the best strikers in world football? I don't think there's any question about that, Nigel, the way he's performing right now. Unbelievable. I mean, look at how he won the penalty. That's what it's about. The, just the desire and the work rate of how he presses back fours and stuff, the difference he can be. Any club that gets him, because I'm sure that Napoli are going to sell him at the end of this season, whatever top club gets him, they have an absolute star on their hand. Because it's not just the hard work. He's a finisher. And he knows that where the back of the net is. We've seen the different types of goals he scored. Napoli, for me, in this game, grew into this game. I thought it would be a tight game, which it was. Um, yep. 2-0 obviously the red card obviously made a difference in how the flow of the game went it was harsh in my opinion but from 20 minutes on Napoli just grew in control of the game they completely grew in control of this game and Antrak Frankfurt are no slouch they really are a good side 
but it just shows at what level Napoli are. And what I like about Napoli is in they know how to win a game. They mm -hmm. go there knowing what needs to be done. They've got the ability to grind out results. They've got the ability to play fantastic breath, um, breathtaking attacking football. And they've got the ability to just see out, uh, see out games, you know. So I think it was a great performance. They are one of my favourites for this competition. You know, I've got my top three teams and I think Napoli's one. You can never rule out Real Madrid. And the other one is there's something not quite right at Ian's Bayern. They're my top three picks, <laughs> in, in my opinion. But it really was a great performance. And I think anyone who doesn't think that Napoli are serious contenders or really in this competition for the long run is silly. I mean, we had another conversation the other day about Napoli not really being challenged. Oh, that today was a challenge and they passed yeah. with flying colours. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Mike, what's your thoughts on this Napoli performance before I get stuck into Eintracht Frankfurt? Yeah, I, I thought it was actually a combative cagey game in the first 15, 20 minutes. But then that all-important first goal came in. And Napoli, they show what they can do. They can dominate you in possession, be free-flowing, or they can press you and force turnovers. The first goal comes off a, a turnover from Mario Goetze. And that's by Napoli forcing pressing traps and Goetze panicking. Well, Lozano, he hits the counter, ball in behind. They have the pace between the, the wingers. And every player on the team does something a bit different. You don't have two of the same players in this team. And it all is focused on the play in the box. In the final third, when they get wide, it's picking your head up and playing the ball in for Victor Osiman. It's a hell of a finish. That is not an easy goal that he scored today. The ball's a bit behind him, but then he has enough balance and awareness and execution to be able to put the ball in the back of the net. I thought Lozano and Di Lorenzo were outstanding. Their ability to time the runs getting forward on the right-hand side for Napoli, that unbalanced Frankfurt and put the game to bed. You know, I think at the end of the day, by the way, Mike, you sound a lot better, by the way. I'm not oh, sure if you ran you. out and shut yeah. the microphone or a wire yeah, or whatever you did. Bad. Maybe you, maybe your kid connected it together for you. You know what I mean? I don't oh, know. Oh, it's probably the missus. The missus has everything. Oh, jeez. Uh, let me you. just touch upon the fact that Napoli are not just a defensive, uh, an attacking team. They're also a defensive team. And um, I want to really back you up here, Nigel. Um, one player that stood out to me along that back line, and, and pretty much every player stood out to me towards uh, Napoli, the way they performed here. I want to run through the statistics of uh, Minje Kim here today. Mm. Played 90 minutes, obviously. Man of the match performance across the board when it comes to statistics, right? He just stood out. He was ex excellent. He had 125 um, accurate passes, 95%. Uh, so 132 passes, 125 spots. So 95% of his pass, and obviously there's a lot of keeping possession of the ball there. Um, 148 touches on the ball, two out of two successful dribbles of the ball, so he's not frightened of running into midfield, opening up the game. Confident player in possession of the ball. Man, and he's a big boy as well. He's not a small boy. Then you've got long passes, six out of eight. So 75% of his passes hit their destination. And then four out of five uh, tackles won. Um, but this is probably the most impactful part of his game, as far as I'm concerned. Five out of five aerial duels won mm -hmm. in the I mean, this is an all-round defender. This is a guy who can pretty much do it all. He's very comfortable in possession of the ball with both sets of uh, feet, obviously, both sets of feet. Um, but he's just a top, 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 top talent. And I think you're right, Nigel. It's very difficult for anyone to keep a hold of a talent like that because, obviously, there are so few defenders who can do it all. And he can absolutely do it all. Or am I wrong here, Nigel? You're 100% right. And I, I'd just like to make the point before you pulled out all those stats, I didn't even know those statistics. I'm only going on what I've seen Kim do for Napoli in Serie A and Champions League games. You can see the talent that he has, how much of a presence he can be. He is one of the top defenders in world football. I can imagine him going to one of the top clubs, whichever one it may be, 
and having the same kind of impact man. as Vigil Van Dyke does and all that. He is there for the long term. He is a sensational defender that people need to pay a lot more attention to. Can I just say that his value, Mike, unless I'm mistaken mm. here, would probably be a lot more because if you think of how you can market a player like this, he opens up the Asian market, which is quite an incredible market for many teams. So not only does it obviously make sense financially for the business side of things, you've got a phenomenal footballer here. I mean, this is one of the best players playing in Serie A right now that we're probably not speaking enough about because of the fact that Napoli are so goddamn good going yeah. forward. I don't think enough of this Napoli team and enough of these players are getting the respect they deserve. Coming into this match, we had questions of how good are they? How good is Victor Osimhen? Is he even in the conversation of hottest strikers in Europe? I hope that there's one more foot towards putting that argument to bed. I think he and Marcus Rashford are the two best strikers in Europe right now. Got to give a shout mm -hmm. out to Rashford, of course. Go United. <laughs> but the rest of this team and Kim in particular, what I saw today is he went toe-to-toe. -to -toe. He wanted that 1v1 matchup with Randall Kolo Moani. After 20 minutes, Kolo Moani found it impossible to play. Every time Kolo Moani would drop and try to get a ball and try and turn, make something happen, remember, he is leading the Bundesliga in assists. This is a striker who can not just score goals, but he makes things happen for his teammates at Frankfurt. He was invisible for a lot of the games because Kim, as soon as the ball went in, he was so aggressive, but his timing and reading of when to drop off the back line and step in the midfield, but also when to get back in the back line. You need a player like that to be an effective team, not just in Serie A, but in the Champions League. It also forced him to actually go off and drift away from that center forward position, which is what led to his red card pretty mm. much. He's dropping off deep to try and pick up possession of the ball. He goes into the challenge. And uh, Mike, I mean... I guess it's debatable here whether that's a challenge or not that deserves a red card. When you slow it down, you see the studs on the top of the ankle. I think you have to give a red card. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a striker who's doing his best to try and make contact on the ball. It was just very, very good defending to really nip the ball away from him very quickly, Anguisa. Yeah, I thought it was a harsh red card given the implications of what it's going to be for this tie. Frankfurt, Kevin Trapp deserves credit. I thought he was the only Frankfurt player who showed up today. It would have been worse and could have and should have been worse had he not showed up. Save a penalty kick. I mean, if you're telling me if you're Frankfurt, if you said Kevin Trapp is going to save a PK, deny chance after chance, and you're going to have a chance in this game, you take it. But no Kolomwani, lots of problems. Don't see it for Frankfurt in the second leg. Yeah, big, big, big problem, I think. And also disappointing from Frankfurt. They're at home in front of their own supporters. Mm -hmm. And we also thought that there wasn't going to be much choreo going into this game. There was fireworks galore mm -hmm. going into I mean, there was smoke screens everywhere. Apparently, there was a disagreement with the local fire brigade that they couldn't have fire <laughs> or flares in the stadium. They did it anyway, which is quite normal for German fans to do so, especially Eintracht Frankfurt fans in Europe. Um, I have a good friend who was at the game, and he mentioned that this was the best atmosphere he had ever experienced in a European competition. It was their biggest game, and they didn't perform. Producer Des put up an awesome... Uh, sheet there with the statistics one shot if I'm not mistaken on target from Eintracht Frankfurt you're at home you're at home in a big game and, and one shot on target it's just it's ridiculous but I guess it just goes to show you how good this Napoli side are all over the field midfield defensively offensively they have the lot my main concern would be 
obviously how deep they are going into the long run, the later stages of this competition. Can you rely on the same suspects? Can you rely on Kim? Can you rely on Osimhen? Can you rely on Kvaritskelia? Because that's what they're doing. Obviously, they do have some many weapons, obviously, in this team. Don't get me wrong. I'm not discounting what they do around it. Chucky Lothano in particular. And shout out to all the Mexico fans out there. And what they do in midfield, they do rotate as well. Um, but... I definitely want to see what Napoli will do in the second leg. They might rotate the team and they might still beat Eintracht Frankfurt very comfortably indeed. End of the day, Nigel, happy with Napoli's performance. They move on and they will absolutely move on in this tie for you. Yeah, for sure. I think they will. Um, I think that the one thing that you've got to be careful about, Ian, is you know what it's like when you're on form, when you're in the rhythm. The worst thing you can do is take players when they're mm. in form and rhythm and the team is winning and the feel-good factors there you got to let them ride it out. It's a risk at times, but sometimes when you take them out unnecessary and you try and put them back in, they don't have that same rhythm. Right now, they're riding the wave. They need to continue to ride the wave. We know what it's like being ex-players. There's more downs and ups in football. So when you're up, you got to really ride that up and keep that momentum, that adrenaline and everything going. So I, I think that they're going to do it. They've got a comfortable lead in Serie A. Maybe you can manage the minutes a bit more, but still keep yeah. them riding that wave because you've got to keep them sharp. A couple yeah. of great stats here. Uh, Mike, before you jump in here, I want your reaction to this comment right here from Loichez. He says, uh, the opponent slides under Moani's foot. It's impossible for a human to react to that. Rules should be changed. Now, I agree with him in many ways here because this is where you're leaning on. You're saying, how on earth can he do anything else? He's going for yeah. the ball. But at the end of the day, it's the collision on the opponent. You always have to remember where your opponents are and where they could be going into them, where your momentum will take you. And that's what happened. The momentum took an end to that challenge. So do you agree this, with this comment? Yeah, I think going back to how Kolomoani put himself in that position, it came from a loose touch. How many times have we seen attacking players take one too many touches or a long touch and just a second late, get the studs in, and it's a card. So I think going on precedent of what we've seen in the game so far in the modern game, it's, yeah, if you want to go on that, it's a correct call, but still a harsh correct call at the end of the day for the Snapley team. And I'm glad, I'm so glad we're talking about, do they rotate? Should they rotate? Is the tie over? Yes. As I said before, I think this tie is over, but the rotation policy, I want to remind our viewers and remind you guys, look at who their top scorers are in the UEFA Champions League. It's role players. Raspadori. Came off the bench when Victor Osimhen was injured, out. Questions about Napoli. Raspadori answered the bell. But the, the other striker, um, can't think of his name right now, but you have guys on the bench. Ilmas, he has stepped up in Serie A. This is a Napoli team that has more depth, maybe not Champions League depth yet, but has more depth in league form than meets the eye, and they're showing it week in and week out. Michael, 2 nil is not big enough lead. 2-0 mm. is still not a big enough lead, mate. You've got to be they, smart. They're going home, though, Nigel. They're going home. I know, but still, you got it's still Champions League. Let's act like yeah. let's not act like we haven't seen crazy things ever happen before in this competition. They've got a good cushion, but 2-0 still, you've got to be careful. Did you hear that, Nigel? Roman in the background there says he disagrees with you. He says this tie is over. <laughs> Let's move on to the games that are coming up tomorrow. Really excited to talk about Leipzig and Manchester City. We also have Inter Milan against Porto. Leipzig against City. No Kim De Bruyne. No John Stones. No Laporte, if I'm not mistaken here. Mike, uh, still no problem for Manchester City? Or are you expecting a closer affair? Um, lots of problems for Manchester City. <laughs> no Kevin De Bruyne, that's a headliner. And if you're Leipzig, you're licking your chops. Leipzig is a team that is getting their best player healthy at the right time. 
Christopher Nkunku. This guy, as you said it in the stats yesterday, this guy's still near the Bundesliga goal chart, and he's been missing in action since before the World Cup. I think Sobitzlai, I think he will be the decider. If he can get the better of Bernardo Silva or Nathan Aki, who I think will be the starting left back for Manchester City, if he can get the better of one of those two, then they will win this first leg. NRC? I'm not going to get too deep into it, Ian. <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne not being there for me is the biggest one. Kevin De Bruyne, for me, is the heartbeat of this Manchester City team, making things work. He has the best understanding with Erling Haaland. Him not playing, and I said it in the predictions, I went for the upset for Leipzig, and I'm going to stick with it. I think that Leipzig could probably cause an upset with now Kevin De Bruyne not being able to play and be as influential as he's been for them this season. I just want to touch upon a couple of statistics that stood out to me. I did a little prep around this game, obviously looking into who could be the goal scorers, who could be the leaders in this game. And uh, as I go to my phone to find this statistic, it's really important for me to let you know here how well Erling Haaland has done against Leipzig. He's played against Leipzig four times in his career, obviously played for Borussia Dortmund in the Bundesliga, Erling Haaland. And uh, he has scored uh, two goals in each of the three games he has played Mm. in Leipzig. So all three of those times that he scored against Leipzig, so he scored six goals in the four games, um, but each of them to a, to a brace in every single game that he's played in Leipzig, which is quite an incredible statistic for someone who is obviously in form right now. Um, but really, is he, are they relying on him now to try and get them through this tie here? Or are we expecting anything at all from a Leipzig side who can still cause some problems and are in good form right now under Marco Rosa, Mike? I think we can expect a lot from this Leipzig side. Look at the last couple big teams they played and look at the last big team they played in the Bundesliga, Bayern Munich. I mean, they went toe-to-toe to Bayern and I think they should have won that match. I think they wanted it more. I think they were hungrier. They they had players who could hit on the counter. They defended as a team. They will be up for this game and they will smell blood in the water when you see the players missing for Manchester City. I have a feeling that Porto can cause problems for Inter Milan. But yet again, I have bet against Italian teams and so many times they have slapped me right across my face and said, no, 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 we're still very dangerous. This one's really intriguing. It's Inter Milan against Porto. Um, Sergio Conte Sao has a terrific record against Italian teams. He's knocked out, if I'm not mistaken, Roma, Juventus and AC Milan in the knockout stages of the Champions League. And last year, he knocked out the Champions AC Milan from this competition with this Porto side. And many people that I'm uh, speaking to close to this Porto side are saying that maybe Conte South is a future coaching in Serie A. So is this a point for him to prove here that he can do the business against the big teams, Nigel, here against Inter Milan? Is it possible for Porto? I wouldn't think it's a point to prove. I just think that that's the, it's the winning mentality of a manager. You want to win. It's just, uh, it's, I wouldn't even call it coincidence. It's obviously knowing tactically, culturally, how Italian football is played. And again, when I look at this Inter Milan side, I'm just going to keep it simple. The difference maker for this game could be Roman Lukaku, but it depends what Lukaku we get. Yeah. I think for me, Porto again, are a very well-oiled side. We haven't spoken a lot about them. We've given Porto a bit of respect, just a bit like Benfica, but they're very well-oiled side. Experience in Pepe at the back, Great midfield, great mixture of experience and youth, and they can play some sensational football. Again, I went for the upset, and I see the upset with Porto probably knocking out Inter Milan in this. I'm going to say Porto will knock out Inter Milan. You can put it with your face all you want, Michael. Nigel, did you slip and bump your head? Hold on, wait. Did you slip and bump your head about Liverpool? Did you slip and bump your face with that one? Did you slip and bump your head (laughs) and say Romelu Lukaku? No, 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 not not no, not the prediction. Not the predict. Predictions are one thing. And say, okay. this tie is going to end up on Romelu Lukaku? 
put he some be the respect difference on Latour. Difference maker? Oh, put some respect on what Latora Martinez is doing for this interside man. Romelu okay, Lukaku when has, he done, when has he done has in a big occasion when it's needed. Yes, he has. Romelu Lukaku has not started consistently for Inter. It has been behind the goals of Martinez since the World Cup restart. He and Ed Ndjeko have been the favorite to Credit to Lukaku, though. Lukaku, okay. last game, he did get a goal. But, okay, just before I mean, this, Martinez, I'm just going to say quickly, look at Lukaku. Pepe's nearly 40. It's not rocket science. You put Lukaku to be up against Pepe. Yes, Pepe's got the experience, but he's still nearly 40. You've got a young Lukaku, play off him. It's not rocket science. He sh that's what could be a difference maker. That's all I'm saying. Okay, okay. The only thing I would say that backs uh, Nigel up here is obviously we know what Lukaku can do when he's at his best. But where is he right now? We have no idea. Still trying to figure out Lukaku. And I think Inter are still trying to figure out when they're talking about and discussing his future with the club here. They don't know. They know that they can um, get good things from him if he's happy and if he's playing well and if he's feeling it and if he's confident and fit and healthy. I guess that would be the question here, which uh, Lukaku turns up here. Uh, Mike, just to point out, Lautaro Martinez, 16 goals this season, only the one in the Champions League which is where he needs to improve when it comes to these knockout stages the big games I think Lukaku makes him better though and, and, and Nigel you, you may laugh but I think I think having a big man up top alongside him will make Lautaro Martinez a better player and put him in better positions to score go ahead and why is that Ian big man little man right old school football big man little man partnership yeah big man little man it works yeah, but it works go doesn't ahead, he have a big man little man partnership with Ed and Dzeko as well Jekko's not like Lukaku when it comes to holding <laughs> the ball. Last time I checked, Jekko's a different Jekko's a different type of big man. Jekko is one of those. I, I, I want to score that. goals, big man. He's not a target man. Lukaku I, can be that target man. I hear that. The, the The one game that I I can give credit to in that partnership working was what I saw between Inter when they beat the the Sox off of Napoli. That was the partnership that Sim, or Inzaghi went with, and Napoli they didn't know what to do. Lukaku. His speed, his pace, his power, it, it just dragged defenders all around. You have to send at least two defenders to honor that. And so I can see what you're saying with that. I'll give you that. I'm just going to throw something in the works here. Um, Porto are unbeaten in 22 games across all competitions. They're unbeaten in 15 games away from home which is two incredible statistics, really, when you think about it at the end of the day. Uh, great stuff. That was absolutely fantastic. Really great debate there about Inter and Porto, obviously. Um, I'm really intrigued to see how this game plays out. I'm actually favoring this one. Could end up in a draw, but I'm favoring Porto like Nigel here. Um, I'm not sure why. Obviously, the record speaks a lot, but I'm, I'm really looking at Conceição here. Really intrigued me just a little bit here. But if uh, Lukaku and Lautaro Martinez turn up here, Inter could and, and probably should get the victory in this one. Before we go out here, we have a little quick point to, to prove here. Leeds United appointing Javi Garcia. Uh, can he be the man, Nigel, to keep them up? Good luck with that, mate. That's what I have to say. <laughs> You've got a Leeds scarf behind you there. We know you're a semi-Leeds United fan, which uh, is an unusual oh considering uh, you're also uh, a Manchester United uh, fan. Okay, I'm, I'm joking. Daddy, yeah. daddy, daddy, daddy. Right. <laughs> Javi Garcia, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think they're preparing for the championship. I, I, I don't see it. Um, I, I know Javi Garcia had his time with Watford, got them to an FA Cup final, uh, but that was a, a small sample size of his time in England. I'm not seeing it with this Leeds team. 
Uh, just want to shout out to Liam Hennessy, who's been very, very active on the chat, as has been uh, Vic and Rafa as well. A couple of predictions as well before we get out of here. Liam saying Leipzig 2-1 against Manchester City. He's also predicting that we could see the upset. He's going for a 2-1 win for Porto, which is very interesting mm. to see. Vic is saying, don't jinx it, Mike. Chelsea needs Inter <laughs> to buy Lukaku. <laughs> Please be quiet. Uh, Inter 1, Porto 1 says Rafa. Dirty leads are going down, says Vic. Spoken like a good old Chelsea fan right there. We appreciate you all, John. Thank you so much for everybody jumping in the comments today. Really awesome to see you all. I um, uh, hope you enjoyed the Champions League today. We're going to be back again tomorrow and um, post-game to react to the, the action. Obviously, as we've just given you our predictions, we can't wait for that. Uh, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review in your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Also available as video. So subscribe to us on YouTube. So from the House of Champions team, enjoy. Michael Hood, Nigel Real Coker. We'll see you all next time, most likely tomorrow at 5 Eastern.